0: All right. Hello. Happy New Year. It's been four weeks since I ran the Kiowa Island Marathon. So here's how I'm going to do this. I actually have already recorded a conversation I had with my brother, John. I had him on for a previous episode back in the summer talking about how to build up for this marathon. And he helped me out doing the recap. So I'm going to play back that conversation I had with him a week ago. but first, there are a couple things I wanted to add to that, which I'll do now. The main thing is I we didn't really talk about the kiowa event itself. Most of our conversation is about how my race went, but I wanted to give some more uh, details about the events and the location and everything. It's down on the coast, kind of near charleston um I give Kiowa an A plus for um you know organization, just quality of event, all the details, the planning, everything around it. I mean Kiowa Island as a place itself is a it's super just beautiful relaxing place to be i mean it's it's an island with tons of trees it's very um it's very secluded feeling. Um, they've, you know, it's not like super commercial at all. It's actually a gated resort, um, high end golf destination island. Um, so it's very well maintained, beautiful. It was super. It was a super fun place to be for a couple days, even without the race. Um, that said, it is a island it's not a very big island so putting on a marathon on a small island is a challenge just in terms of space and you know roads trying to fit a marathon course on the island and i mean i they've done the best possible job that could be done with that that said i mean it there's just no way getting around having an uh, a marathon on that island and it not being a ton of turns and kind of backtracking on itself and that kind of thing so that would be the really the only the only downsides well i, I would say two downsides to the race um and it has is of no fault of the organizers at all like i said i mean it just kind of is what it is and they've done the best job they could with the location but um number one like i said it's it's there is no, like, main road or anything on the island. It's only twisty, turny roads through mostly residential neighborhoods. And even a lot of times you're on golf cart paths and bike paths kind of twisting and turning. I mean, I, I don't think it's even possible to count the number of turns on the race. Um That kind of wears on you just mentally and physically. Um and and not to mention the tangents, trying to run the shortest possible path. I mean, it, it'd be very easy to accumulate an extra, you know, 0.1, 0.2, or whatever many miles onto your race. The other thing is it is a small island in terms of, like, population. Like I said, it's gated. You literally have to show some kind of, you know, document to—some kind of reservation document or pass— to a security guard to get on the island um so the only people there in the middle of december are just people there to run the race and maybe their family members then that's about it so i mean there's no like big city race atmosphere or anything like that um compared to other races where there's just random people being spectators on the streets or anything like that so um it's possible to kind of be out there in the middle of the course and feel kind of lonely and quiet which is not necessarily a bad thing but um the weather was good the weather was probably perfect i mean it was like 50 degrees and misty uh, um i think historically the weather is good there you know i think it averages like low 50s historically on race day. So I would recommend it for a race. If you're looking for a small accessible marathon that's put on very well, definitely. Um, I think the next one I do, I would probably be looking for after having done this one, I would probably be paying more attention to the course layout of the next one I do and trying to look for something with fewer turns and, and maybe also, pay more attention to wanting to have more people around in the like, you know, higher two hour range. Um, That was another thing is so the Akiwa it's a marathon and half marathon together, starting at the same time with the same start line, same finish line. Um, So you start in a group with all half and full marathoners mixed together you share about the first five and a half or six miles and then you split off. Like if you're doing the marathon, you like go straight where half marathoners are turning off. And then, and I think that's where a lot of marathoners start, you know, their loneliness period in this race. Like I was in a pretty nice pack actually for the first five or six miles and then uh, split off and was kind of by myself for most of the rest of the race. Um, but actually take that back. You're by yourself for a, way, a while. And then, like I said, it the course kind of folds in on itself several times. Um, so you end up sharing the road with half marathoners again later on. So I think somewhere around like around the halfway point You know, I turned on a road and I was automatically just back in with a bunch of half marathoners. But, you know, I turn on that road and I see a sign for two hour, 30 minute pace group for half marathoners. So I'm I go from being like all by myself to trying to weave in and out of a crowd of half marathoners. So that was also sort of a challenge. But um, no, it it was a lot of fun. It was a good race. So, I think that's all I wanted to say about that. So, at this point, I'm going to play back my conversation with John, where we talk about sort of like how my race went and things I may look to do different next time. I don't even know where to start.
1: Yeah, I was kind but, of wondering what your what your goal for the recap would be.
0: Yeah, well, I have some... So, it's been about three weeks, and... I could do just like a actual recap, kind of just play by play type thing, but I've also had some thoughts over the past few weeks, more like conclusions I've drawn, and be interesting to get your take on them. Um, okay. And it might actually make sense to even back up a little further, since uh, to pick up from the last time we actually talked on here, which was like earlier in the summer. I was kind of at a point where I had built my volume up to a point it hadn't really been in a long time. And I was getting it was a few months out from the marathon and wondering, like I've built this volume of mostly easy running up. What should I do to like do specific prep for the marathon? And your kind of take was why stop building volume? Why not just keep the volume building? And which, I like the idea and that's sort of what I intended to do. It didn't really get much higher, definitely not consistently higher. You know, two things were one just basic life stuff getting in the way, you know, it's hard to, it's really hard to maintain a routine for a long period of time like consistently. Mm-hmm. Um so that's always a drag and then the whatever week was like my highest peak of total, you know, which was, I think sometime in August, actually, um, my highest total weekly volume, like that, I hit a fatigue wall big time, one of those weeks. And I, I kind of fell off from that. And then I never really, so I kind of, you know, undulated under that point up and down, um, basically for the rest of the buildup. The interesting thing I think is comparing this year 2022 and this build up for kiowa marathon comparing that to what i did before grandma's marathon um are pretty different approaches and it's kind of interesting to think about like coming at it from those two different directions because like before grandma's i had this like specific plan to like train vo2 max 5k like try to optimize that for a, you know, six, eight-week period, and then, like, do this dramatic switch over to, you know, quote, marathon training. Um, whereas this time around, it was more of a, just a long, gradual buildup of, like, easy volume, and then slowly just started layering in different types of, like, more traditional marathon-type workouts. Um, never really hit, never really did those, you know, like, hard 400s or, or like you know hard mile repeats or anything you would do kind of typically training for a 5k 10k so came at it more from the direction of like just more slow easy stuff uh so anyways overall it i would say it worked to some extent um it could have been better i mean obviously i didn't run the 250 that my you know i'd wanted to but um I ran faster than I did at grandma's. And your total
1: time what was your like grandma's you were like what? Like just three or four seconds under three hours?
0: Yeah, it was two fifty nine fifty eight at grandma's. Akiwa yeah. ran two two fifty six oh three. So almost four minutes faster.
1: Which is significant.
0: Significant? I mean I uh you know after you don't hit a goal, you kind of ask yourself well why what what was the problem like was the goal wrong uh, you know um and I think before grandma's the goal was wrong like i had the i also had a two fifty goal before grandma's i said and and then after grandma's, I realized like that wasn't a r i don't think that was a realistic goal. I don't think I had the fitness or the durability to do that. Before Kiowa, I think I think I was in two fifty shape. But
1: well, <laughs> I, I f-
0: like I feel like if pe- if you don't do it, then that means you weren't in the two fifty shape. But I think so. There was I don't know what were you going to say.
1: Well, I was going to say maybe you were, maybe you weren't. Like, and what was so you ran a half several weeks before, right? Like a month or a month and a half before. And what was the half again? What did you run the half in? Like 119 something? Yeah, so
0: six weeks out, I ran the half marathon in 120.36. So if you do the conversion tables on that say, like, supposedly that would be an equivalent of like a 248, 249 marathon.
1: Well, I mean... Again, maybe you were in two fifty shape, maybe you weren't. But also, like with your particular makeup, your shorter distances have never have never translated longer, like right, like your half mile or your, you know, your eight hundred or your mile never translated what you are capable of in a five k or whatever. And so, like, I wonder if it's something similar here with the, you know, the half compared to the the full. If your particular makeup a two fifty six is like maybe to run two fifty, maybe you do need to be more in like one fifteen shape.
0: Yeah, could be
1: one sixteen shape.
0: Could be. Although the reason I say I was, I think I was in two fifty shape is not just the half marathon. Mm -hmm. It was more like the whole the whole training as a whole compared to what I did at uh, at grandma's before grandma's. Everything was uh, that larger base of volume. I could tell I had gotten, like, a good bit stronger. Um, like, I was doing workouts that I wasn't even close to doing before Grandma's. Um, and so there's there's the half marathon. There's some workouts that I did we could get into, um, the overall volume being significantly higher than it was at Grandma's. But also the race itself, the way it went, mm-hmm. especially compared contrasted with grandma's like grandma's i went out you know the first 20 miles i averaged like 635 i think and at a 250 marathon you have to average like right at 630 and i would and i was a little in over my head at that point i could tell so kiowa i mean i was that pace was so much more within myself and under control and feeling good the whole way up until the hip flexor thing started flaring up and that was around and, mile
1: 17
0: yeah that started at 17 mm-hmm. um let's see so i got through mile 17 just under an hour 51 minutes which is a 632 average mm-hmm. um feeling great except for the hip flexor thing starting up and it's hard to say i mean it's hard to attribute you know when things go wrong it's hard to attribute it to any one thing it's hard to say how much time was that hip flexor issue worth i think it was worth a significant amount i mean it was definitely the first thing to go wrong and it was the thing it was the first thing to make me slow down at all So, and then by the end of the race, there was definitely other stuff happening, just like general fatigue, you know, lots of other pain, hamstring starting to cramp up. So, I mean, I I was going to be falling apart a little bit anyways. So, anyways, I kind of have a gut feeling that without that um, hip flexor thing, I would have probably been, you know maybe in like the 252 ish or something like that.
1: Um, yeah. And for that start giving you trouble at mile 17, I mean, that's a long way out still. And I'm sure that like without that you probably would have run those next, you know, like 17 to 22 probably much differently. And maybe you've been surviving the last four. Um, but yeah, you probably would have been a totally different animal for those next four to five miles.
0: Yeah, because it wasn't like I hit that point and then it was just a uh, falling off a cliff. I mean, I, I went from running like a 6.32 for mile 17 to mile 18 was 6.48. And then I, I stayed right at like high 6 or like seven o until mile 24. 24 was my slowest, 7.35. Then I came back and ran a 7.03, 7.22 for 25 mm-hmm. and 26 so mm-hmm. it's not like grandma's i like, crashed and burned and was hobbling across at the end like probably yeah, would you like, run your
1: last would you run your last couple miles in at grandma's
0: i don't have the actual final two splits um i
1: feel like it was close to eight minutes when you sent me the splits. well
0: i think the last like three or four miles averaged eight minutes
1: but i think by the last mile i was probably going <laughs> like slower than 9. Yeah, so even with the hip flexor like you only bottomed out at 735. Right. And you finished it. You finished it at 722 and that's with like a peg lag cuz the hip flexor.
0: Yeah. Right. Um yeah. So, so maybe you're
1: in a lot better shape.
0: I think i was in a lot better shape. Um and which is encouraging um but anyway, so that that's basically how the race went. Um and the hip flexor thing, I guess I should add a little context there. The odd thing, I don't even know what to call it, like the way it first started. I was going back through my notes to figure out when I first felt it. It was on September 24th hmm. was the first time I felt it and which is a long way out to like have something go wrong, I feel like. Um like, mm-hmm. you know, o- over 2 months out. So I was on a long run and toward the end of a long run, I just started feeling like a pain in the front of a hip flexor. And then it turned into like where my whole hip and like glute zone just didn't want to like fire. It was almost like this weird, it felt like a sort of, I've described it as a spasm. I don't know if that's the right word, but like this sort of it's like it would kind of go limp sort of for a second and then it would be okay for a few more steps and then it would happen again it was really weird um and then some if i would do like a high knee kick it would kind of sort of like jump start it back and it would feel okay for a couple minutes then it would come back the weird thing about this though is like so that happened on a saturday long run it only happened and then it ha- I felt it, like, a couple more times in training. And but it only happened... Well, hey, hold on.
1: Were you running on the Swamp Rabbit?
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It only oh, okay. happened running on the Swamp Rabbit Trail, which is this long, flat, straight, you know, greenway mm-hmm. here in Greenville. The very next Saturday... And I do a full week. I, I run the next day. The next day I ran 64 minutes easy and was fine. Do a full week... Um, you know, that following Wednesday I did like some mile repeats around half marathon. The very next Saturday I do twenty one miles and inside of that I do four by two miles at marathon effort all like around like in the mid six thirties and the last rep the last two mile rep was mile nineteen and twenty and are in a six twenty and a six thirty and felt fine for that whole workout but it was on a 2 mile loop that was like rolling hills. Mm. So and then the only other times I felt it was on the Swamp Rabbit Trail and in the marathon. And in the marathon, yeah. Which so is and but also super flat. But the last time I felt it in training was really bad though. Um 3 weeks out. That's when I did a 24-miler and it was a out, I did it out and back which is probably stupid. I probably should have been stayed like close if I needed to stop, but I did 12 miles out 12 miles back and it really hurt on the way back. Um
1: and That was on the swamp rabbit.
0: Yeah. Um uh, So anyways, but then again, like, so I do that three weeks out, the 24 mile it's, that was the worst of it. And then the next weekend. So two weeks out, I do 20 K on the track, alternating every 800 between half marathon um effort, and then like a little slower than marathon effort, so I a- end up averaging um, like six twenty six per mile for that twenty k on the track, and it wasn't an issue then. I think I might have felt it a little bit at the end, but again, that was a that whole workout was like hour and twenty minutes, so it wasn't like <sighs> so it was and like the all, short.
1: And in all and in all three all those situations, are you wearing the sh- types of shoes that you raced in? Yeah. Yep. So that's a common denominator. The flats a common denominator. Seems like the time on your feet. And then also yeah. like it's interesting like those longer the 21 with the 4 by 2 mile and then the 20k um you know not feeling it you're running faster. Mm. So like time on your feet combined with the really flat like that particular pace right at for a really long time seems like on that particular pace for a long time on a flat surface Mm -hmm. seems like some of the factors contributing because you ran you know long and fast on flat well that one was rolling but you did run 20k on a track which is very flat But But it wasn't as long. I mean that whole workup. Right. Yeah. So I wonder if it's something about the particular pace and the time on your feet.
0: Yeah. Um so that thing's been a bummer. And and so now it's been three weeks since the marathon. I've run, I think maybe three or four times, like just jogged around twenty or thirty minutes. So it hasn't I haven't felt it running, but I can still feel it sometimes, like certain motions, or I can dig at it with my fingers and feel it so i i don't know um i don't know what i'm gonna do about that but anyways point is that was a major factor um but like i like i was saying like if you say you're in whatever shape like i say i was in 250 shape but i didn't run 250 because of that particular thing like well that that thing is that's not like getting food poisoning before the race or some freak thing. I mean, that was very much running related. I mean, that caused me to not be in 250 shape even if it was a very particular weird thing. I mean, um so that kind of leads me to one of my takeaways. So if I can like over generalize here, like what it takes to run a good marathon or like, you know, you know, fulfill your potential in the marathon or whatever. I feel like you can, there's like two major components of it. Like one is the, I'm just going to call it fitness as measured by whatever you, you know, VO2 max, lactate threshold, aerobic threshold, you know, all the, all the things like oxygen related, right? Like your mm-hmm. cardiovascular fitness, metabolic, aerobic, whatever. I'm just going to call that fitness, you know? Yeah. Uh, so there's the, fitness which basically dictates probably like how fast you get to 20 miles um and then there's the durability like can you hold that for the last six miles basically which has a lot less to do with your fitness Mm -hmm. if you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so for that's what i mean when I say fitness and durability. That's what I'm talking about. And then, like I said, that's overgeneralizing. It's, they all kind of bleed together. But just for simplicity's sake, if you just take those two components, <clears throat> it's like everything in training for a marathon it ideally, like, is doing something for your fitness or something for your durability. And a lot of times both. But, you know, one is usually emphasized over the other in, like, a given workout. So I think something like this that happened to me like this this i don't know Want to call it an injury but like this irritation or this issue with you know a particular part of your body i would put that in the durability bucket like there was a durability problem there so the takeaway i've had lately is all along like the past couple years i've kind of thought of the durability piece as Like, that's what the long runs are for, right? Like, Mm -hmm. there's really no way around the long run for a marathon. I mean, that's what a marathon is. Like, if, you know, you you hear some stories about some people, oh, my longest run was 12 miles and I did great, whatever. I'm sure those people are out there. But I think for the majority of people, like, you got to be doing some long, long runs, you know, to get prepared. Mm -hmm. And that's what's going to, like, build your durability because, I mean – there's really no other way to simulate a marathon other than just being out there for a long time, just stretching that fatigue capacity. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to other stuff, like building fitness, you know, for a marathon, it's debatable, like what the best way to go about that is. Like, should it be, you know, like how much stuff should you do? Like, you know, in the sub threshold zone versus like right at threshold versus like faster than, you know, the combination and ratios of those are up for grabs, but everybody realized those are all kind of like, you know, more about the specific fitness. Whereas like the longer over distance or like longer, slower than marathon pace runs are kind of hitting more on the durability. But lately in the past few weeks, I've kind of been thinking maybe the stuff like in the faster zone, like training for like 5k and even faster than that and more than just like strides and hill sprints i mean like maybe you know high intensity stuff where you know i i think people who uh do a lot of that stuff in a marathon kind of catch criticism because like people say oh you're that has nothing to do with the marathon like why are you doing you know 5K workouts for, you know, that has nothing to do with it. And I would say maybe that kind of stuff has more to do with the durability than you would think at first. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe the durability piece has more to do with other things besides the long run than maybe you think. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's kind of just made me think about, Mm like, how to approach that for the next time around. Um, Mm -hmm. So like one potential like application of that could be, you know, where like the typical traditional format for like building a base, people usually mean like, kind of like I did this time around, spend a few months building up your overall volume as your quote base. And then you get more specific as you get closer to, you know, the race you know maybe not that there's anything wrong with that but maybe it makes sense to do a base under the base like work on your raw strength and speed before you start at doing a bunch of time on feet um to make sure you're just structurally sound to handle the base you know what i mean mm-hmm. kind of like put the rebar in before you put the concrete in sort of thing. Like, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. so, cause I think when you start doing a lot of time on feet, like I did and that's it, I feel like some things in your body can outpace other things. Like there's a lot of, there's just like thousands of components in your body that are involved in like running. If you're doing like a lot of the same stuff, like easy running and not much else and yeah yeah sure like you know throwing some strides in here and there but i mean i think it maybe it makes sense to get more involved in that earlier on to kind of cover all your bases to make sure like your cardio isn't getting way ahead of your you know tendons ligaments and all that stuff so that when you Cause I feel like you can get yourself to a point where you can do a workout, but you're not really ready to do it. Your whole body is not ready to do it. Um, and I feel like maybe something like that happened to me where I got up. I, and this is one thing I wanted to do. I consciously, you know, and I even said this in the solo episode I did after grandma's is the two things I want to do next time are higher volume and more long runs earlier in the build. That was, like, the two things I focused on. And I, I think I was mostly successful in changing those two things. But I feel like when you can get yourself to where you can handle a 20-miler earlier on, you, it's possible you could be getting ahead of yourself in other departments, you know. Like, there was probably some neuromuscular structural stuff that maybe where a lot of my body was ready to run 20 miles, maybe a lot of my body was not ready, um and there was just some failure somewhere in there. So and I and I said this last time after grandma's I also said, you know, I really after this marathon, I just want to like get fast again. You know, like I miss running fast. So I feel like I want to work on my speed, find like a good one mile race to do sometime. And I said that pretty soon, like, after grandma's, and I and I didn't end up doing that. What actually ended up happening was, number one, it just took longer than I expected to recover from grandma's, and it just kind of fell off the wagon for a little while. Then, by the end of that summer, we were having our third kid, and you know how that goes. Like, things get jumbled up for a few months. You get off your routine. Um kept running some but didn't really wasn't able to really train for anything up until this past march when i started running like consistently again and had like 9 months before now i'm saying the same thing again like okay i finished this marathon and i think i told you this at some point um i felt like by the by the time i got to race day i felt like i was ready to run a marathon but other than running a marathon, I felt like utterly unathletic. I mean, when it goes to like bending over to pick up one of my kids or like, you know, jumping or like anything else other than like running a really long time at a specific pace. it was like I was on this razor's edge. Like I'm I feel like I'm prepared for this very narrow, you know, narrowly defined event. And anything outside of that narrow margin I like I fall apart. Like you go I could go play tennis with somebody nerf gun battle you know basketball whatever i'm gonna it's gonna destroy me you know so i really would like to just get fit like as a get more robust get more you know strong and then fast i would love to actually get fast again you know like and really try to find like a one mile race and get in that kind of shape over the next few months that would be fun um and then, like I said, so think of that as like a, the base and then have that be like the base for the base and then like build your volume off of that. That's that's kind of where I'm at
1: mentally right now. Okay, that was a lot. That was a lot of pieces. Yeah. I feel like a variety of things that makes me think. One, um, you know, you said after your last one, After you, I want to run more and I want to run more long. And you did achieve that and you did run faster. And I like that you did that and committed to that. And even in the midst of this cycle, you kind of questioned that and then you stuck with it and it worked out. You're in four minutes faster and now you kind of uncovered, Oh, but then here's this other, other piece that I want to tweak, right. Or want to play with this, this idea of like durability is not just, I'm gonna go out there and run forever and get my durability for my long run. Actually, I need maybe I need to think more holistically, not only about my running paces and workouts contributing to my durability, but also maybe some other things. You know, you're bringing up just general athletic stuff that you want to flexibility and whole body strength and just wanting to feel athletic too as being part of that durability. Um, I think that's cool that you're really. tinkering with it and you are finding success and then you're finding new elements to play with. Um, on the piece about the like different types of workouts contributing to durability. I remember a couple things. One, Jeff always talked about like keeping 5k, 10k pace workouts no matter what. And he would talk about it a lot from just being efficient. Like, you know, being an efficient runner is good good for you regardless of the distance you're racing so even if 5k 10k is not your not what you're working on it's good to keep that in the in the soup because you're going to be a more efficient marathoner um, if you have that as part of your routine and it also makes sense that that would contribute to your durability because the pounding that you take from you know doing five by a k or something like that is different than the type of you know um strain that you put on your body by running 20 miles or 22 miles you know they're and i think you're right i think they would contribute to your infrastructure muscularly um differently it's a different type of pounding it's a different range of motion and to Jess's point like contributing to your efficiency making you a smoother runner and then it also makes me remember like you know reading about like short frank shorter's training and stuff like always had two type of track workouts in a long run and sometimes like two track workouts and a tempo workout and a long run just year round and it, from the looks of things and then also from you know what jeff used to say too it's like you change which of those are your focus but the elements never go away so for example if you're just training for kind of normal training you may have like a 5k workout you know, so let's pretend like, you know, six by eight hundred, and then you may have like a ten k workout or a tempo run the other day. So like a four by mile or you know a four mile tempo or something, and then you have a long run which may cap out at like fourteen or fifteen miles maybe, um, if that. Like really, twelve to twelve and up, and then maybe. Maybe that's just your workout, right? You're racing. You could write, race all kinds of stuff off stuff like that. You know, you could race halves. You could race 5Ks. Um, you could play with that and turn your 5K day into, you know, more mile specific or two mile specific and without messing much. And then your long run, maybe is only 10 miles. But that basic format, and then you do a few weeks of marathon and maybe you keep the routine, but maybe your 5k and your 10k or your 5k and your tempo day just become easier and your long run just gets longer, you know, like squeezing a balloon at different points, but the elements never change, uh, or the basic elements, right? They get different focus and different, different effort levels. Um, I could definitely see how that could contribute to your durability. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to say is I have a friend here who, um, is really good friends with these people that just do ultra marathons all the time. And like hundred mile, 200 mile, like just crazy distances. And he said in the winter when like they may be getting ready for a spring one, they won't actually do a lot of running. They'll do like a ton of weight training or like plyometrics. Um, and I, I mean, they're obviously like covering a really long distance at a very slow pace. So not that that would be applicable to your situation. Um, but the kind of the basic concept of like, they're working on their durability so they can endure the distance in a different way um, that isn't in and of itself running specific, but they're kind of like, you know, putting themselves together to endure something. So all that say is, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think you could do it in a periodized way, you know, or you could do it in kind of a more, um, I don't know, what would be another term where you're just kind of keeping all the elements present? You know, kind of like what you're, I think you've mentioned a couple of times. I know we've talked about it. Um, I think you talked about it with Marty LaCourie with, you know, generalized training versus a very specific going for a specific kind of the American style versus, you know, European style where they have a very periodized yeah. season. Um, I think you'd go either way with that. Even going down to just body work.
0: Yeah. Well, <clears throat> to go back to like the original plan was to like focus on vault, vo- like prioritize volume over everything else. Basically, <clears throat> you know, my, the interview I did with Nobby in the Japanese system, I not that I did that. Like, I, my volume was still, in the grand scheme of things, relatively low. It was significantly higher than what I did before grandma's, but overall, it was not, you know, it wasn't what most people would consider high volume. It was prob I don't actually know the numbers, but so say, like, before grandma's, I was averaging, like, 35 miles a week. <laughs> And before this one, I probably was averaging, like, 55 or something. So, I mean, it was a decent jump in, like, from year to year, but it was not... So, I can't... I, I, I feel like I can't really knock the way I did it because I didn't really do it. You know, it's not like I, I was really... true. I wasn't doing the true, like, approach of, like, high-volume, low-intensity, like... You know, Japanese running 60 minutes, 90 minutes, 60 minutes, three times, you know, every day. So that I just want to put that kind of asterisk in there. Like I didn't, you know, but um, just theoretically speaking, this kind of ties into the half marathon race I did. I feel like so I, I raced this half marathon at the end of October. And after that, the final six weeks were really choppy. Um, and I feel like before the half marathon, I was in a pretty good groove overall, like July august september um, uh, most of October, more consistency, more like I you remember know, talking um, to
1: you after the half marathon and it was like, oh my god, like that really like put him in a hole like it seemed to really like mm-hmm. take you out. well,
0: one thing I raced it, I executed that race very poorly um. That might have something to do with it. But so to give you a sense, like I ran a 120-36, which is a uh, average pace of 609. Okay. My first mile was 549. And I was averaging, like I came in 10 miles right at like 60 minutes. I can't remember. It was really only the last like three or four miles I kind of crashed. But I ran that completely upside down. Um, So that probably made it worse than it needed to be. Maybe if I raced it more smartly and tried to like negative split, maybe I wouldn't have been hurting so bad. But yeah, I was more like general soreness. I was that was worse than after the marathon. Um, It took me a full 10 days before I could do like another proper workout. So that was bad. That was that kind of just threw my whole, you know, program for a
1: loop. Yeah, I almost got, like, talking to you after that, I almost got the impression of, like, after that, it was like, oh, man, I've really got to recover, which is going to take me, like, two weeks now. And now I've kind of got to hold on till the end was, like, what it kind of looked like from the outside. And so, like, at six weeks, you, like, it almost looked like you took a gut punch and then just, like, tried to recover and then hold on.
0: Yeah, I mean, I did, I, it took a long time to recover, and then I probably, by the time I was kind of back to normal, I probably overshot, I was like, oh, it finally can work out again, let me hit something really hard, so I did the half marathon on a Saturday, took, I, I didn't take a whole week off, but it was, the whole next week was pretty light, and then the next Saturday, went, set out to run an 18 mile or only ran nine miles my quads were still just like destroyed I couldn't do it um so then by the following Wednesday which would be about 10 days later I did three by three miles on the track I did uh each three mile set was like marathon effort half marathon effort back to marathon like straight in a row so like 6.45, 6.19, 6.31, and then the next set was 6.27, 6.16, 6.33. So I did three sets of that, and then that Saturday I did 20 miles with three by four miles at marathon pace, and that whole week, the volume was bumped up a good bit. So that week was probably a little too much in itself, so I just got in this pattern of, like, huge hole, recover from the half marathon, then I just probably went too much, and then kind of, like, it just kind of pendulum back and forth. And, yeah, I was kind of holding on to the end. But I I think where I was going with bringing up the half marathon is maybe if you're taking the approach of high volume, low intensity, maybe a half marathon race doesn't really fall into that plan. Maybe that doesn't really maybe that doesn't make sense to include in that program. Like that might be adding a bad ingredient to that recipe. Um I guess I was fit enough to run what I raced for that, you know, obviously, but mm-hmm. it wasn't appropriate for me to do that at that point maybe. Um mm-hmm. so maybe well, I think where I was going was trying to justify like you know, not I'm not saying the prioritizing volume and easy running is necessarily wrong i think you just have to just take that into account like maybe i'm not saying it can't work because i think that is like kind of the japanese style and they're super successful at it but um if you're gonna do that program you have to do it right maybe that's more of like a, a program where you can't do like high risk type sessions that you might not be ready for so maybe you're ready for a marathon but maybe where other programs where you're being more holistic, you can handle
1: more different types of workouts and
0: races and kind of roll with the
1: punches. Yeah, so maybe like if you're doing a high volume, lower intensity program and you did want to do a half, maybe a, a more appropriate way to approach it would be, Well, I'm not gonna exceed marathon pace for the first half to eight miles of a of a half marathon. And then Maybe I'll run the last hard, right but I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not gonna try to run a good half marathon really I'm gonna run it as a marathon paced workout and run marathon because even thirteen miles at marathon pace would be a significant workout you know yeah. in that in that type of in that type of program thirteen miles at six thirty pace would have been a really powerful workout and so sure. maybe like yeah, I'm right. gonna run ten miles at six thirty then I'm gonna drop the hammer. Right. That wouldn't do the type of damage that, okay, I'm gonna just from the gun going to run, try to run a, you know, a yeah. good half marathon.
0: The other thing I was going to say is I think, I guess that's point one. Theoretically, I think that program can work if you don't do anything to screw it up. And then point two is even for the small extent to which I did that program, again, I wasn't running super high volume, but it was higher for me, even the it did work it it did improve to put it in context before grandma's three months before grandma's i ran a like i said i did a 5k block to try to optimize so i ended up racing a 5k three months before grandma's in like 1730 something okay so fast forward like more than a year i'm slowly building back up you know um last this past summer i do this i hop into this uh july 4th 5k this past year and i had done zero 5k work i mean zero i just you know i had been running a few months all just easy i run like 1846 about six weeks later I, i had been ramping the volume up uh six weeks later i run another 5k in 1916 even slower and I had yeah. just got to the point where I was i just run like an eighteen mile the week before that was my longest run and I was just complete I was just so tired. And I felt and I remember telling you like that's kind of discouraging. I and kinda of scary. Like i I'm ramping up my volume. I feel like I should have more fitness. But then I kept sticking with it and I ended up running a half marathon and you know. So the nineteen sixteen is like the same pace I raced the half marathon in October. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it did work, you know, like totally it really the did. did work. So, but I, I guess my whole thing here is just, I feel like you can build a super strong, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, but like the hardware has got to be there too.
1: Um, And, and maybe there's a way to do both, right? Maybe next time around, if you're doing another one, like you do get, you do run a similar volume. Because I don't think you're going to run much faster on 35 miles a week, right? No. Jumping to 55 is a significant jump. But, like, can I run that? And then I keep echoing back to Jeff, right? I've told you, like, how he always had, like, just sort of odd workouts. But, like, can I do the other work but in digestible chunks so that it doesn't take away from the volume? So, like, he would always have, like... You know he'd do like eight by six hundred, right? That five k pace. That's not a hard five k workout, right? But you're touching it, right? You're touching that speed. You're touching it. It, it building that. Uh, or six by eight hundred. Like rarely would we do five by k or three by mile. Like you're not doing hard five k workouts, but right. you're doing them, and it's not going yeah. to compromise your volume. Yeah. Well, uh, and yeah. You so can like- bounce back from it.
0: But like you were saying a few minutes ago about like all the elements always being there just in different proportions throughout the year depending on what you're you know <coughs> trying to optimize. Well, I for. think
1: I think different <coughs> intensities, not necessarily different proportions, except for the long run. Okay. So like five k five k workouts always being five k worth of work ish, but it not being like three by a mile, it may be more like six hundreds or eight hundreds. So you don't have like long stints at that effort. Like three by mile feels at 5K pace is a way different workout than six by 800. I'm mean, at eight by 600.
0: You're basically, you're emphasizing different, different elements yeah. throughout
1: the year. Um, yeah. And I think there's a variety of ways you could go about that. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think you want to do another one?
0: Yeah. You know, this whole thing has got me thinking like, I, I, I can't tell you why I'm thinking this. I just have this feeling that if I did it right, I could make a much bigger jump. Like in a year's time, if I were to do it right and be consistent, mm-hmm. I feel like I could make a much bigger jump than going from 259 to 250, um, or now 256 to 250. I, I well, And I don't know what... I have no numbers in mind. I just have this gut feeling that... like much faster than that is not unreasonable if i were to do it right um i think after grandma's i was a little like i don't not really excited about doing this anytime soon but i'm i'm i didn't have that feeling yet like after this i was pretty much like "Ah, i want to do i want to try that again like not real soon because like i said i really want to just go back to the drawing board and like Mm kind of rebuild from the ground up so i'm not trying to like turn around and do another one in two months and like redeem myself Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. i want to like rebuild and like try to make a
1: much bigger jump at some point maybe like probably at the earliest next fall Hmm. i bet like one of the reasons you are feeling like that is because your volume was significantly different like where you're not feeling like it feels like this time around it was much more achievable it wasn't like a Whoa! I'm basically going to run 80% of my weekly mileage in one run in a, you know, and I wonder if like you're feeling more optimistic about the future. Well, this is your second one. You made an improvement, but you also had a lot more volume and you spent a lot more time in that 20 to 24 mile range. And so the 26 miler, even from what you reported about your race day, was much more attainable just covering the distance and overall you did really nicely and didn't really fall apart Um, yeah i feel
0: like i got a glimpse of something better you know and i i was holding on to it the last couple months i was really shaky but i feel like i got to a level like this past summer i was like and like i said in the grand scheme still not that was not a super high training load so i just i feel like i got to a glimpse of another level and it was manageable and i feel like if i could get like the basic life routine and stuff under control and have good consistency um i just feel like i left there's a lot on the table up for grabs i mean there's i feel like Mm -hmm. the ceiling is really
1: high if well and i too i wonder like you know you did have success i wonder if you don't have to change that much really like i'm reminded of i think you and i've talked about this a little bit but i read or listened to a peter snell interview once and he said basically the only thing he would change about you know you know what i'm talking about and yeah year round he would have kept the quarter repeats right he would have kept the 12 by the quarter every week yeah because of you know, you're keeping that turnover. You're keeping the athletic part of that. You're keeping the speed. So, regardless of the phase, you know, I think that was that interview was he was in his 50s or 60s, like looking back and from his other professional training too, and said that's the only thing he would really change. So, maybe that I think about, like, that's something you keep coming back to is okay, I, I need to, I need to, and I want to get back to some speed work. And maybe that's a key ingredient all the time. And then the other thing too is maybe, like, the um, you know the the rolling terrain, like keeping the rolling terrain. Even if you're going to run a flat marathon, you know keeping the rolling terrain, and then maybe occasionally you, I do a long flat, long run or whatever. But like the rolling terrain might be really good. Yeah, um, and then keeping your volume. Yeah,
0: I know you've had like some Achilles pain lately. Like, are you? Are you gonna try to run some this
1: winter or I know you got a lot of skiing to do, so I've got a lot of skiing to do. My Achilles really hurt after our nerf war. Mm. I bet. Like, that was high intensity. Sprinting around. That yeah. was high intensity. Yeah. We need to just train for that. Um, yeah, we'll see. I wanna do a lot of skiing. I have been like perusing snowshoes. So I don't know what I'm gonna do this winter. Um, yeah, definitely ski and hopefully do some running. But I've also thought uh, maybe I just won't get back to running until the snow's gone, and then or I can yeah. get back out on the trails easily. Um, and I don't I don't know if I want to run any races or anything upcoming. I know for sure this summer I want to do some long distance stuff. Like I want to go all the way around Mount hood. That's a goal I have for the summer. That's 40 miles. I like to do that in a day. Um, and then there's a really long trail on the ridge here. If you do point to point, it's pretty long. I'd like to do so. I don't know if I really care to do a race at the moment. Yeah. Thanks for,
0: um, talking this stuff through with me.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. Good to see you. Yeah, it'll be fun to see what you do.
0: Hmm? Yeah, I'll keep you posted. And um, I'll let you know if I sign up for anything.
1: All right, Yep. Yeah, keep me in the loop. All right, talk to you later, man. All right, bye, Joe.